I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. What a day. Um, it's uh, it's Friday. It is the uh, day uh, that Roe versus Wade was officially overturned. We all knew it was coming. Uh, and yet, it did not make the blow any easier. I hope you're taking care of yourself. Um, I hope you are resting, recharging, whatever you need to do to be... Uh, ready for a very long fight. Like, I'm not protesting tonight. I'm not. Um, for a couple reasons. Um, I live in New York City and it just feels a little empty for me right now. Like, I live in a state that is going to be protected and there is a lot of guilt with that, that I am not going to be affected by this ban that's going to affect millions of women, at least for right now, right? Like, who the fuck knows in the future? Uh, but right now, I'm in a state that that is protected by the state. And it just, I don't know, it's hard to explain where my thoughts are right now. Uh, a lot of guilt, a lot of anger, a lot of fear for anyone with a uterus stuck in a situation 
where they're forced to be pregnant and have a child that they may or may not want. And I don't give a shit the reason. I don't. No morality policing here. If you want an abortion, that's that's the only reason you need. Do you know what I mean? Like, that's it. Not like, oh, this happened to this person or this happened to that person. This is why blah, blah, blah. Like, none of that shit. It is a human fundamental right to have autonomy over your body. And that's it. That's it. Um, God, just so angry. And everyone's like so mad, right, about the Republicans and the people that voted for Trump. And it's like, I, I get it. I'm with you. It's not just the Republicans. The It's the Democrats, too. Um, I'm, I'm not a Democrat, right? Like, I'm a socialist. Uh, like, Nancy Pelosi read a poem and then did an immediate fundraising fundraising push uh, for her campaign, her upcoming campaign. And it's like, you're a fucking cunt, Nancy Pelosi. I hope you hear that one day. I hope you hear it repeatedly for the rest of your life because you allowed this to happen. Joe Biden allowed this to happen, you know, could have fucking gotten rid of the filibuster, could have fucking stacked the courts. You did this because at the end of the day, the Democrats, in my opinion, need this bullshit to keep going uh, for us to keep voting for them. I think Joe Biden said when he addressed the nation today um, that abortion rights are up to the voters. And it's like, you can go suck my metaphorical dick because we did vote for you, you mediocre piece of slob, like blob, like I hate you. I can't believe you might even be running again stop telling us it's the only solution is voting because we did. We all sucked it up. We grinned and bared it. I did not want to vote for you. And this is what you give us. Just watching everything unravel. And it already sucked, right? Like I'm a, I'm a full, I'm a full burn it all down and restart. Like there's, there's no way, um, to fix this, uh, cause it's not broken, right? It's doing exactly what it's supposed to fucking do. And I'm done. I'm just done. And angry, obviously. And so what can you do, right? Well, in, you know, I guess maybe like a lucky situation is my guest today is Sarah Hartshorn, who is an amazing comedian, an amazing person who also works for Abortion Access Front, which has all the links of what to do. And the first thing to do is to not give money to any fucking politician right now. Like the people that are pushing, right? She goes into it a little bit more about how like we can definitely find like the local and state and city elections in, you know, states where this is going to be really important, right? Where these laws are going to be affected by like, you know, at the state level and give money to them um, that are pro-choice, but don't don't give to Nancy Pelosi. Don't give to Joe Biden. Don't give to these pieces of shit that don't do anything uh, with their like woke politics. Like they're so it's just like the way like everything is skewed at this point. Like Democrats aren't even like liberal at this point. Um, and I'm not not that I'm not smart enough to articulate it. It's just so nuanced that I'm not going to try to give a lesson, a civics lesson on it. And I'm just going to continue to listen and learn more. And I don't know. I don't know if I vote for Joe Biden this year, if he, if he, not this year, but you know, if he runs, I don't know. I'm so sick of that. I'm so sick of it. And 
Anyways, never mind. Also, do not give to Planned Parenthood. They are overfunded, overfunded, overfunded. Need to give to abortion funds. Yellowhammer is a great fund. Uh, there will be lists. Sarah is going to talk about them in the podcast. Um, there will be on my um, my podcast like description as well. That's what's really important right now. State, local state abortion funds. Um, protecting that and those clinics, um, you know, funds to help people travel because a lot of people are going to have to now travel to different states. I think like there's a person in Texas that had to travel like 15 hours. I can't remember the full story to New Mexico um, to get the abortion. Um, and I think it was like a health reason too, which again, doesn't matter. You want abortion? I can get it. And I'm just still, shock's not the right word. Because any fucking news alert I get by the dumb shit that is done by our government, I'm never surprised. Uh, never. Um, in these unprecedented times. Uh, really, right? Aren't we all sick of that? Like, poor millennials, man. We just, it was like straight out the gate for us of like, hey, everything's just going to get progressively worse. Um, and not even touch on like how like climate change is like rapidly approaching. Well, it's not even rapidly approaching. It's here. Uh, and what does that mean for our future? I don't know. What does our future look like? I don't know. Um, but getting to talk to Sarah was really just a great moment and what a, and a day that was like hard. And my favorite part is Sarah who works for abortion at Exodus Front, um, is also like nine and a half months pregnant. And we talk about being pregnant and what that's like. And she answers a lot of my questions because I'm so afraid of pregnancy. And it's something that I want to do in the future. Um, shocking, right? Like you can be pro-choice and still want to, you know, create life. Well, that's horrifying. But also still be very scared of it because, you know, you're, as, as Sarah says in the episode, you're very close to, like, you're, you're closest to death you ever realize or something like that. So, yeah, I hope this episode gives you some solace like it gave me whether temporarily or or longer. People with penises, I hope you understand how much this affects you too. Uh, and yeah, we'll be in the streets soon. <sighs> we'll hope to see you there. I just hope you take care of yourself the way that you need to, whatever that looks like. This is a sad day. It's a sad day. I want you to be as sad, as angry, do you need to disassociate for a second? Yeah, I get it. Do you need to be angry at people with penises because they won't ever understand this? Yeah, I get it. I definitely had that moment. Aaron's actually on his bachelor party and I was like, I'm kind of glad he's at his bachelor party because I want to deal with this on my own. I want to, not that he doesn't get it. Obviously, Aaron fucking gets everything. Um, that sounded very judgmental and I meant that in like the sweetest way possible. But it was just, this is a day that was like, I actually want to be alone. I want to be alone. And then I want to uh, go hang out with girlfriends at Rockaway Beach later tonight um, and scream into the ocean and and just be around that type of energy right now. And that's okay if that's like what you need to do instead of, of protesting. And, and so glad I have a raise coming up because it definitely will be giving way more money to abortion funds. And I guess that's part of the problem too, right? It's like we don't wake up until it's too late. And I say that we, meaning like myself, this is a very long intro and I do apologize. Um, we are going to start this episode right now. Enjoy. Again, 
Sarah works for Abortion Access Front, a great, great organization. You can follow Sarah on her socials at Sarah, S-A-R-A-H-B Hartshorn, H-A-R-T-S-H-O-R-N-E. And she's just such a ray of light, such an amazing person. And I hope, I think she knows that, but I hope she knows just like how unique and amazing um, you are, Sarah. Just such a great fucking person. And so glad to have you back on the pod. Well, you are also like eight months pregnant, right? So you do I am whatever. Nine the- and a half months pregnant. Oh my I am God. almost ten months pregnant. Um, that's I think <laughs> the biggest thing I ever learned that shocks me about pregnancy is it's actually ten months. It's Why not. Do lie? I don't Why know. Do we lie? It's such a weird lie. I don't know. It's forty weeks, right? It's like a forty. Yeah, that's a forty. Well, forty. It's it's really it's the reason we lie is that it's there. It can be nine months. Mm. It's once you hit thirty eight weeks, they're like any old time now. Maybe now, maybe not. So it's 38 to 42 weeks. But most first time pregnancies, like 90% of them or something, go past their due date, which is 10 months. Or no, oh which my is. God. Yeah, which is 40 weeks. Um, it's crazy. It just, I'm just like, 10 is a nice round number. Why do we lie? I don't know if it's so like, weird. it's like, you know how in marketing they'll do like, oh, this cost $9.99 rather than 10 because yeah. that one cent difference is like, oh, I can. I can totally I can, spend this. I can totally do that. Yeah, yeah. I can totally, totally do this for nine months. I could totally do no sushi for nine months. That was in 10 months. You're like, what the fuck? That was some great news that I learned. Um, or Thank God, pretty early on, the first, I think like four months in or something, I, I was reading this book and it was like, the sushi thing is old and outdated. You can eat sushi. <gasps> oh, yeah, because it's in America, they have to, they like legally have to flash freeze it, which kills all the bacteria that makes it a risk. Oh, amazing. Um, yeah, which is still in like, you can't have jelly. That one really hurt me because I do love yeah. a cold cut. But I heard you can, <sighs> if you heat it up, then it gets rid yeah. of the listeria. Yeah, which I did do for a little while. I had like turkey and, but like, you can't do that with prosciutto. You know what I mean? I was trying to like yeah. microwave prosciutto and it was like not doing it. Mm. So that one was a little bit of a bummer, but way surprisingly easier than sushi. I was like, oh, I'm bougie. Like, I really <laughs> miss sushi. That's like, it's kind of nice. I was like, oh, I'm so fancy that I like miss sushi. <laughs> well, how has it been being pregnant in New York City? It is. Honestly, I'm so lucky. It's been great. I mean, we'll see. Well, I still have any amount of time to go. I'm due. My due date is next Friday. Is in a week. So, oh, my God. I've heard that after the due date, mo- almost all people are like, I am over this. <laughs> like, <laughs> I thought it would be done now. So I might feel very differently in a week. But as of right now, I'm like, oh, I'm kind of going to miss it. Like, it's been kind of nice. Like, I've had some very hard weeks for sure and very hard days. And I certainly would not wish this on anyone that does not want it like for sure 100% but it's such a fun like sociological experiment to walk around with a pregnant belly that I like recommend it (laughs) if you're curious about human nature absolutely strap a big belly and like go on the train go on the bus like it's so because like 95% of the time I feel way more visible than I used to Mm -hmm. which is kind of a mixed bag right like strangers say congratulations but it's nice people are nice right people give you their seat people like smile at you it feels like sort of the best parts of being visible even though sometimes you're like I feel fucking disgusting I just don't want like I don't want to be I don't want to be perceived right now 
But then also like in social situations, there's a lot of like, there's a lot of like cisgendered straight white dudes who don't see me at all. Oh, wow. Like, who, who like walk into me like I was at a party and somebody like tried to stick their hand through me to shake hands with someone behind me. And I was like, I and I've been standing there wondering, like, does this guy see me? I think this guy does not realize that I am standing here. No, Sarah, you're being weird. Like he sees you like you're just being awkward. And then he like stuck his hand out and was like, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't see you there. And I was like, oh, my God, we were standing so close together. It was really uncanny. So like 95% of the time you're more visible. And then there's like certain social situations where you're just totally invisible. And at first I was like, this is hard. This is weird. This sucks. I don't like this. And then I was like, wait. If they can't see me, I don't have to talk to them. And I don't like them. Yeah. So this rules. Like, it was kind of great. So, yeah, it's been good. It's, yeah, it's just very, you just, yeah, you learn a lot about people. It's really interesting. Yeah, I would have never thought the not see you because it's like, hey, they're, you know, I'm literally physically bigger because there is a human growing inside of me. Yeah. Wow. Really? You know, you I don't know why I'm shocked by cis uh, straight men, but I every day they find a way. They find a way. It's like a new, it was just a new fun twist. And I kept being like, this is in your head, Sarah. You're imagining it. It's just post-COVID social awkwardness. But it, it became really undeniable at one point. Also, like, I had to be like, like, I, you know, I'm very ungainly right now. So I repeatedly had to be like, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. And I saw someone like looking around for the source of it. And I was like, (laughs) I am six foot tall, 200 pounds and pregnant as shit. Like I am right here. My dude, just move. Like (laughs) it was really, it was really amazing. And then, but then like being on stage when you're pregnant is great because you're slightly, you're even harder to ignore. And the, like, hecklers when you're pregnant are amazing i that's been really interesting to see how people react to a hecklers and b me when i respond to hecklers because i don't know you know when like have you ever seen like a comedian be too mean or i've done this a couple times where you're like a little bit too mean to a heckler and then you kind of lose the audience Mm -hmm. yeah yeah not a not a problem when you're pregnant Because you get to be, it's great. You get to be a little bit meaner and people are like, yeah, no, she's pregnant. That makes sense. Like, of course, fuck that guy. Like, yeah, she's, you know, of course. Cause, and so I just like, there was a, a woman who was just awful and she'd been wrecking a show. And I was like, I'm crazier than you. Okay. So let's shut it down. And she did. And it was so beautiful. Oh my God. The power, <laughs> the power. Yes. I'm really going to miss it. Oh, <laughs> damn. Well, I cannot believe it's a week and a half away i can't believe it's so soon but you are so chill i love this i feel like when i'm pregnant and what if it ever happens like i'm gonna be the most ocd ever like i feel like it's gonna like overwhelm me nesting is just ocd cleaning so that's that's, true that's a factor that's a thing it happens i think that's i thought nesting was like snuggling or like you know wanting to cuddle up on the couch no it's cleaning you just want to (laughs) clean you want to organize all your drawers like it's a little ocd yeah but then I don't know yeah I mean people react differently but yeah it's been pretty chill <laughs> no I love this you're doing a good job um promoting it because usually I feel like anytime I talk to someone pregnant they're like it's the worst thing of my life um a lot of my friends have been in some really rough rough pregnancies where they're like I can I can physically never do this again like I could die the next time and it's like oh uh shit it is shocking like 
<laughs> this is so grim, but it's like, it's very weird that you are never like, I've never been closer to death than while pregnant. Um, you're more likely to get murdered, uh, not just by your, but like by your spouse, but, oh my but God. also by strangers, you're twice as likely to get murdered when you're pregnant. I did not know that. Oh my God. Yeah. And any health complication just like has mm-hmm. an added element of like, but also you could, you might die. <laughs> yeah. And we never talk about that. I mean, it's, no. it's starting to be talked about now a little bit, I guess, in a sense, uh, but not in the way that it sh- should be. Yeah. And, and for people listening, like you work at abortion access front uh, and this is a terrible, terrible day. It's a, rough day. it's a rough day for people with uteruses and hopefully people not with uteruses as well, seeing how bad this is for yeah. everyone involved. And does everyone remember that like anyone with the uterus can have an abortion, not just women? Because uh, you're starting yeah. to see that all over Instagram, too, of like, no, it's not just it's not just women. It's not just people uh, that have like, I don't know. It just drives me crazy. Yeah. No, it's it's a it, it's a hard thing to force inclusion. And yeah, we actually at the last March after the opinion was leaked, um, this like older woman who look in her defense has been protesting and fighting for abortion rights for years but she was like i just think that like that's a divisive thing to like demand you know to request that i say like oh people with uteruses no i just want to say women and it's like you can say both like it it is a war on women Mm -hmm. and it's a war it's it's both a women's issue and a queer issue and a trans issue and like a hundred percent both we're not saying like don't be sad as a woman. Don't fight for yourself as a woman. We're saying just also fight for people with uteruses. Mm-hmm. Like, and also not for nothing, like just saying that it's a women's woman's issue is frustrating for me because here's a fun fact. A hundred percent of abortions are caused by sperm. It's not a women's issue. Yeah. Like access to abortion improves the economy. That is true for every single person that interacts with the economy, not just women. So I find it frustrating when people are like, I feel like as a woman, I'm getting erased from the movement. And I'm like, no, you're not. You're not getting erased. You're just being asked something real fucking simple and you're failing. Yeah, truly. Um, yeah. What are we supposed to do? Like, what, what, <laughs> where, where do we go from now? Like, I know everyone's protesting tonight. I, like, don't have it in me. I, um, yeah. and for a few reasons, I feel like, not that it feels empty, but it feels empty right now. I live in New York it, yeah. City. We are not affected. And there's yeah. a shit ton of guilt with that, too, right? Like, we aren't affected yeah. by this because we live in a state where it's protected by the state. But yeah. let's, like, and even with, like, you know, I was out, like, you know, every day with George Floyd. And what did we get? All we got was Juneteenth. Like, yeah. and, that, and that's nothing. That's not anything that we yeah. wanted. I know. But I'm not saying not protest. We definitely still should. I just don't yeah. know where I'm at anymore. I'm so confused. No. I feel that. And a lot of people in the movement are sort of feeling so burnt out and so frustrated. And I think that's fair. I mean, if I had to, like, recommend what to do, I would say, like, if you want to march, march. Um, I'm sure that people will be marching all across the country. By the time this comes out, that might not be true. Um, I think more like long term and sustainably, what I recommend people do a is sign up for um, there's an abortion rights boot camp that abortion AF is offering. No matter where you are in the country, it'll have seminars that will connect you with people in your community that are helping to provide abortion to people near you. If abortion is illegal in your state, those people will tell you like, here's how you can help people get out of state. They'll be providing transportation they'll be provide like 
Um, so it's basically an abortion rights like boot camp. It's one day, it's free. And no matter where you are in the country, you can like find people near you who are helping. Um, and that's on operationsaveabortion.com. Um, so that's a big one. And that's July 17th. Doesn't I am 80% sure. Let me just <laughs> double check that. I should really, I've been writing so much copy for this that I absolutely should know. Yeah, Sunday, July 17th, abortion rights boot camp. It's just a really good way of finding out like whatever you have to offer, whether it's money, time, if you have skills, whatever it is in any amount or capacity that this will help you figure out how best to use it. Another great way to help is um, techforcampaigns.org. Um, and specifically, you can go to techforcampaigns.org slash uh, action slash protect abortion. That's a way that you can help politicians all over the country who are pro-choice and running in more local elections, um, like city council, state Congress. Um, and that's where a lot of the changes and the hits to abortion are going to be coming in the, in the next few years. Mm -hmm. And you don't just have to help people near you. So if you're in New York City, you can help somebody who is running for the state Senate in Alabama, in West Virginia, or like Georgia, you know, which has over been like their state Senate has just been like knocking down uh, anti-abortion laws just like constantly. Right now, abortion in Georgia is still safe. That could change at any moment. There are a lot of local elections coming up that could um, make abortion uh, illegal in Georgia. If that happens, all the states surrounding it will really be screwed because Georgia is right in the heart of like an area where uh, a lot of people need abortion. Like people in Alabama are going to be going to Georgia. So yeah, that's a great way to help. Keep donating to abortion funds. If you have, you know, if you if that's a way that you can help is through money, donation, uh, abortion funds are where it's at. Um, you can go to nnaf.org that's national network of abortion funds.org and you can find funds anywhere in the country if i had to pick states right now to donate to i would say mississippi would be number one their last clinic just closed this morning um it, it was very sad it was very they've been fighting so hard and so long and they were the last holdouts and their escorts are amazing and really integral to the fight for abortion access all over the country. And that was where the lawsuit, the lawsuit that made it to the Supreme Court that this decision was based on was from them. And they're just really amazing people. When I was crying this morning, I was crying. I like, I think I like couldn't process the like bigger loss, you know? Mm -hmm. Like I understand that Roe v. Wade is overturned, but I, it, that's still a very intellectual thing. I don't think it's hit me on an emotional level yet. And really the thing that I was like crying about was that all these people have lost their jobs. All these people that I, I know and care about, like, and they're doctors, you know, they're doctors who like went to school for you know, eight years and then, in, and, and then found this beautiful community and passion. And now their job is illegal. Like, and so many of them have given up so much and sacrificed. So it's just, that was what was messing me up this morning. Um, so yeah, the clinic in, in Mississippi closed. I would say donate to funds there. There's multiple. You can donate to Yellow Hammer, there, but there's also other ones. Um, and also Arkansas is pretty screwed. And Missouri. There's so many, honestly. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's so hard. I know I'm already like starting to tear up again because it's just it's just too much. It's just yeah. it's so much. I knew Yellowhammer. 
I just want to say that out loud for people listening, it's Abortion Access Front, and y'all do amazing, amazing work. And I mean, you've been on the ground floor for forever, I feel like, since I've known like who you were yeah. before I even met you in person. You've been an yeah. escort. You've been like at the, these pro-life rallies, just like in people's faces, really yeah. doing you know, the God's work that I don't believe in. Um, But truly, (laughs) truly. Thank you. Yeah, I wish I had escorted more. That's like one thing. Um, Yeah, escorts are are amazing people and it's an amazing, um, yeah, it's an amazing group of activists that definitely took a hit today. But but also, yeah, we go by abortion AF and also, you know, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, we changed our name so we're like eh, whatever. Yeah, what did it used to be i already forgot what it was oh it used to be lady parts justice that's what it was okay. which was based on people got very upset rightfully so people got very upset they were like that's not inclusive it's not just lady parts and we were like totally we know it was in reference to something that a uh texas politician had said a texas politician got very upset when wendy Oh my God, now I can't remember her name. That woman in Texas that like did the filibuster that saved abortion, Wendy. I do not know her name and, and I should. No, this was years ago. Um, I mean, she's amazing and, and great and still is in office, but um, she said vagina and people got very upset in the Texas state Senate. And they were like, say something else. And she was like, no, that's a medical term. What do you want me to say? Like, and this was for a bill about ultrasounds. And she was like, okay, but it, it goes in your vagina. <laughs> like... Also, if you get pregnant, that's related to your vagina. They were like, stop saying it. Say lady parts. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I think that always pisses me off when they're like, yeah. you can't use the medical term. And it's like, but it's the meta. It is the correct term. Do you yeah. want us to say pussy? Like, what do you want us to say? Cunt? Like, exactly. what else do you want us to say? <laughs> I'm so sorry. You're right. That's so upsetting. Cunt. Cunt waffle. The my ultrasound bee. will go into the cunt. The cunt. Yeah. Ultrasound. And the reason that you don't ever have to worry about whether we say penis or not is that you never legislate penises. But if you did, we would say penises. Like, yeah, that is the term. I'm big yeah. on that with like kids too. Like, I always, anytime yeah. I nannied, anytime a parent wouldn't say like the actual term, it's like, but by doing that, you're putting this weird, like, I don't know if it's like onus is the right word, like this weird like vibe around something that's very natural and very just what it is. Why would you ever? call it anything else well also like you want them to have the tools to talk about it a if something happens like you know natural like you know my my friend's kid um had diaper rash and she's like barely two and she was like my vulva hurts and so her mom was able to like deal with the fact that she had a rash like on her inner on her inner labia um, she didn't know the word inner labia because she's two, but she did know vulva. But she knew she vulva. Knew. That's great. Yeah. Most people don't even know what the vulva is. Like, I feel like yeah. they just call it the vagina. But it just got me thinking like, yeah, you know, when you are teaching someone like how, like when you're teaching a kid how to stay safe, you you want to say like, no one can touch your private parts. Private parts is the, that. What does that mean? Like, so the, I was like the fact that she knows the word that's going to serve her so well. Like, yeah. And I feel like that's yeah, it's. It's important. Yeah. Like hoo-ha. I can't remember. My parents did have a weird term for it, but I can't remember what it was because pretty early we switched to like vagina. <laughs> Good. I don't remember either. Honestly, I feel like uh, my mom is a nurse. And I feel like she used the proper terms. I feel like That's good. I don't, I guess I just don't remember. Yeah. I work at a startup for, um, I'm just gonna say startup because I don't want to give the company away, but mm. this, this week we sent our pride email out and 
it, the, all of this, like talking about like people having such like, you know, weird reactions, you know, actual words or things like that or, or movements. The, the, the emails we get back are fucking hilarious. Um, oh, no. Sometimes they're bad. Like last year they yeah. called like, you know, people, um, the gay community, like pedophiles and rapists. And I was like, okay, uh, I, you're blocked. Um, yeah. But like this week we had someone be like, I just don't think a 10 year old should get this type of email. Like, let kids figure it out on their own when they're 16, 17, or when they're adults, but they don't need a push from the gay community. And it was like, sir, this is a dog food company. I'll say that. It's a dog food company. Uh, We don't give a shit about your thoughts. And also, there's no kid getting this email. Like, like, fuck off. Although that is a beautiful story. Like some, you know, some person down the line is like living their best queer life. What made you come out? Uh, An email from a dog food company. Oh, my God. That's the thing. Like everyone, everyone remember. No, I actually don't remember the thing that made me gay. Although I, it might have been the Lucy Lou scene in um, Charlie's Angels 2 where she's in the office. Um, somebody posted that and I was like, wait, having a memory. That is what made me gay. I just, but it certainly. <laughs> I just watched. Uh, did you ever watch Set It Up on Netflix? Lucy Lou's in no. it. It's a oh. very dumb rom-com and I'm obsessed with it. I've watched it probably five times, but she is like okay. the main um She's just like this head bitch in charge that, you know, doesn't have many people, you know, after her because she's like in charge of this major like sports like network or like journalism thing. And it's yeah. just like she has aged like a nice fine wine. You know, she looks Truly, gorgeous. Oh, she's great. So in it. I think you'd like it. Ooh, OK. Yeah, this looks really good. I think Tay Diggs is in it. Yeah. Tay Diggs, Lucy Liu, Pete Davidson, of course, of course, because literally what is he not in? Right. And he plays a gay dude and he's like, okay, all right. Okay. Sure. Yeah. Sure. 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 No. Yeah. Yeah. I could totally see that scene being what uh, makes someone go like, you know what? Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, Mara Wilson was posting about how like meeting Lucy Liu was like one of the things that made her like realize that maybe she wasn't a hundred percent straight. And I was like, wow, that is, that's some real child star privilege. (laughs) Like I like saw a scene at a sleepover when I was 12 and was like, oh my God, I might be gay. She like met Lucy Lou and was like, you smell really good. I might be gay. <laughs> oh my God. How old was she when she met her? I don't know. Well, that's a good, a teenager, I think. Okay. Cause I was like, pic- I was, for some reason I was picturing her later, but I was like, wait, 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 no, she definitely knew sooner than that. Um, but yeah, she certainly came out late in life, but I don't know. I don't know when she met her. But yeah, (laughs) I just was like, that's a, that's a big difference between you and I. (laughs) Yeah. Huge, huge difference. Huge difference. Um, I mean, love to see it, but yeah. But I do hope, I do hope that the dog food company's email turns a kid gay. You never know. You never know what'll do it. I, I hope so too. And this last year was a mess when it happened because they didn't tell us it was happening and then it just happened. And we were like, what's, what, why are people so mad at us right now? Um, But this year we got like, (laughs) We got a lot of like, thank you. Like my daughter is gay, like in Alabama or my daughter Aww. or my son is gay. And like, uh, cause the company does like things like for the 48 States. And it was like, awesome. Like, yay. Like it, cause sometimes I feel like it feels very fake. Like you're just putting the rainbow yeah. on cause you have to. Yeah. And it's now very performative. So it was like, okay, so, you know, they, the company does give money to specific organizations. So it's like they're, they are putting their money where the mouth is. Yeah. And, you know, willing to lose subscribers over it, too, because 
we, yeah. we do lose people for sure, especially in those like Bible Belt areas, uh, which uh, we're always like, okay, good, fine. Yeah. That's awesome. God, there was someone being homophobic in a, um, a fan group for the nanny that I'm part of on Facebook, which is very important to my life. And I just was like, what is it like to know that every person that you enjoy, like every art that you enjoy is made by someone who hates you? Like, because like, I, I just was like, I'm sorry, if you are watching The Nanny and you're a homophobic person, yeah. Fran Jesher would not like you. Yeah. The other actors would not like you. Like the writers, many of whom were gay, would not like everything that you enjoy. Like when you go to a restaurant, the food is made by people who would not like you. Like, what is that like? How do you just walk through the world like that? Just like, and also you would not like them. You would hate them. Like you are eating food made by someone who you, you don't think should be allowed to live. Like, how do you do that? How do you enjoy a quesadilla? Like, I feel like you don't. I feel like no. at the end of, at like the end of the day, they really don't. They really are unhappy like yeah. even i not to go back to the emails there's this one email that was like i'm a born again christian like this is, i have to unsubscribe i can't do i can't be with a company that does not believe in like god's word and i'm like good like sir who who do you buy from then because How do you have a cell phone yeah no that's exactly what i was thinking i was like who what there's literally rainbows on every fucking company right now like who no no, like I understand what you think you think is is happening, but you're wrong. Like you just yeah. you actually can't function in life that way. Yeah, that man. So um, we abortion AF doesn't do this so much anymore because of COVID. Hopefully we will again. I miss it a lot. But we used to go visit independent abortion clinics all over the country, which means that we like we spend a lot of time interacting with the people that protest at them um, against abortion. And it's very, very surreal. But it means that I've talked to a lot of them and I actually like I really love talking to them and like, yeah, asking them questions about their life. Like, what's your favorite movie? And then like, is it like one time I asked a guy, like, what's your favorite movie? And he was like, first of all, he was so thrown off because he was like, you're a Jezebel. And I was like, what's your favorite movie? And he was like, oh, uh, Inception. And I was like, oh, cool. Do you know that movie's about ketamine? Like. Do you know that Christopher Nolan would not like you? Like, but it's so interesting. But, but the guy that like threw me off the most ever, who was the guy who like really rattled me was the guy who was like, I was like, you know, I also like asking them about their family. Cause most of them are like, yeah, I have eight kids and I'm super proud of it. And I'm like, cool. How many are speaking to you? And it's always like two, four, you know, no one ever has that many kids that ha- if they've reached adulthood, that then they are like, in contact with them because so many of them are so religious that it's like if you're not with this particular church you're going to hell and so many like you have eight kids not all of them are gonna yeah and and also like a lot of the young guys that have kind of gotten recruited and have kind of gotten radicalized like they don't speak to their families anymore but i sort of always assumed that like you know, their families were deficient somehow or like bad somehow or had like done something wrong. And I'm not saying that this guy's family hadn't was perfect, but I was just talking to him and I was like, you know, is it hard? Like, do you speak to your family? And he was like, I don't, I don't speak to most of my family. Um, and I was like, is that hard? Like, you know, is it hard knowing that or feeling like they're going to go to hell? And he was like, well, you know, 
I was raised in this like really touchy feely, like hippie church that said like, oh, God loves everybody. And, you know, being gay is okay. And then I read the Bible and I found this church and it was so much closer to what the Bible said that I was like, this makes more sense. And I was like, oh my God, like you were probably raised with like a Unitarian church. Like your family was probably nice. And like, you just like, you, you got, and you, you rejected that. And it was so like, oh my God, like that can happen. Like you can raise a nice accepting, what you think is a nice accepting liberal kid and, and they get sucked into this church. Like that's so scary. And it like now more and more, I feel like we hear about like teenage boys who come from these like nice upstanding homes that I would consider like very liberal and like cool that are getting radicalized. And it's so scary. And that was the one where I was like, Oh my God, like, yeah, you don't speak to your family because they're like me. Like, <laughs> and they lost you. I don't know. That was, that just messed me up. Um, well, yeah, because you assume that, like, if you're given all the tools and, you know, not brainwashed, that yeah. you'll end up with being normal. That's my biggest fear with kids. Like, I'm always afraid <sighs> I'm going to have the serial killer. I'm going to have yeah. the we need to talk about Kevin kid. Like, what do you do? I don't even, I'm not even worried about a serial killer. I'm worried, like, what if I, what if they want to be a cop? Oh my God. <laughs> it's like, no. What if they want to marry a cop, you know? Ooh. Oh, yeah. No. Oh, yeah. Hopefully, I, I always, I hope that like being, you know, raising kids in New York City helps. Yeah. Everyone's always like, New York City kids end up super weird. And it's like, no, no, no. The kids that have a crazy amount of money and their parents aren't involved and they're raised yeah. by like, you know, multiple nannies. Those kids, yeah. you know, could end up being assholes um, as yeah. being someone who has worked with those kids and been that nanny. But yeah, you've got the kids that like the parents are there, you know, working class, liberal, just, I don't know. I feel like I'm also yeah. just saying dumb things too, but like then they, I feel like they are really cool and chill and get it. Yeah. And yeah, they are super weird. New Yorkers are weird, mm -hmm. but because they're raised in a very unusual place, like it's cool, weird. It's a good weird. Mm -hmm. Like I'm, my kid, I'm sure my kid will be super weird. My husband and I are super weird. Like <laughs> we're going to be a big old freaky family, but like that I'll take. <laughs> Mm -hmm. but a republican oof. no i mean my kid could re that would be a really good rebellion and maybe yeah, hopefully but hopefully it's just a phase <laughs> <laughs> it's just a phase they're just experimenting with yeah i don't even know republican stances anymore um like not like not like the crazy ones but it's like uh less government libertarian libertarian oh yeah, yeah. he's just a phase and libertarian he just saw partisan yeah. wreck and just wanted to give it a try for a second yeah i mean i sort of had a libertarian phase for a while but it was like it's so weird now because politics are so skewed like libertarian doesn't mean what it used to yeah it's like conservative like when i look back like i've become so much more radicalized and when i look back on what i was like at the time like the, I, I used to, I used to be one of those girls that was like, like, yeah, I believe in equality, but I don't want to say I'm a feminist because yes. I don't hate men. Like I was that girl. We, we all have that phase, unfortunately, because we think yeah. it's the right thing to say. Like we, yeah. yeah. Like I used to be like, I'm a guy's girl. Like I'm just like a little different than like other I, girls. Yeah, yeah. No. So embarrassing. Well, it's so funny to like parse yourself out of that to realize like what sticks. Like when I look back, like now I'm like, okay, do I like horoscopes? I don't. Okay. I don't like horoscopes. I really don't. But like for so long, I was like, I don't like horoscopes because I wanted to be like a guy's girl, you know? And it's like, 
well, maybe I do. And then I was like, no, I don't. Okay. Do I like sports? No, I do not. (laughs) That definitely was a lie. Okay, cool. We can let go of that. You know what I mean? Like I do like makeup. I do like skincare. Like these are the girly things I like for me. Like it's such a process of like finding like, what was I doing for other people? And it was, and the answer is like way too much. (laughs) Oh yeah. It takes way too long to realize how exhausting it is to be what you think other people want you to be. And I feel like you can't get there except with time, with age. And then you're like, oh, got it, got it, got it. Now I see it. Yeah. Well, and it's so funny because like, I remember my mom saying like, I feel like you're so much more ahead of me. Like you just do whatever you want. And me being like, yeah, I'm just doing whatever I want for sure. And then being like, nope, wait, no, I'm not still a part of it. Still have to unlearn a lot of shit. And now when I see like Gen Z and I see like this new generation, I'm like, oh my God, they're just doing what they want. It's like, no, their process is they're just farther along on certain spectrums, but they are still going to have to unlearn a bunch of crap. They are still going to have to grow. Like growth is still like a part of every individual experience, even if as a culture we're moving forward. So like, it's really lovely to see like that, you know, it's easier to like come out of the closet to be like, to deviate from all these norms that we set. But as individuals, you still have to like learn and unlearn a bunch of crap. (laughs) Oh, a thousand percent. I know. I think that's very true. And it's unfortunately very hard truth that you don't learn until like you're like in it and you're like, oh, because people always forget that like growth and change and and that type of uh, learning of yourself is some of the hardest shit you have to go through. No one ever talks about that. It's like, you're going to be miserable. You're going to lose friends that you thought were your best friends for life. Like you are going to lose part of your family possibly. Like it's just... And it's going to be lonely and scary. And then all of a sudden it feels great. All of a sudden you're like, yeah, this is awesome. This is exactly where I wanted to be like 10 years ago. Yeah. Like I I talk such a big game of being like, oh, I don't give a fuck anymore. And like, it's true. I have shed a lot of fucks to give, but (laughs) the process of shedding, like I had to get, you know, like I had to get fired and be devastated. And like, I had to, yeah, like separate my sense of self from being productive and, and working. And like, that is very hard. I'm still working on it. Yeah. Let me know when you figure that one out. Cause I still haven't figured that one out yet. It is so hard. I don't think, obviously I don't think everyone should be pregnant. I'd be in the wrong line (laughs) of work, (laughs) but I do think everyone should have to be physically helpless before they're 40 for a, for more than a, a week. Because it is so humbling to have such finite energy. I have never really experienced it before, except for when I had mono. Mm-hmm. Well, and a lot of my friends are like, oh my God, I do one thing a day. Like I can't do, you know, like I can only do one thing a day. And it's like, no, no, you only want to do one thing a day. I can only do one thing a day. Like, yeah. I'm honestly like, I'm like, man, I have so much more respect for people who deal with chronic illness, chronic pain, chronic anything. I I have maybe been like a little judgmental in the past. Um, like I, I found the, the like spoon phrase, like, oh, I only have so many spoons. I found that very cringy. I do like, I still am struggling to like kind of get over that prejudice, but I do get it. Like it's fucking finite. And yeah like my husband has had to help me up like I can't put on certain shoes like it is humbling wow yeah you never think about that until it's like happening yeah Yeah. my my friends and I were just debating which is worse being pregnant in the summer when you are so hot because you have another person inside you generating heat 
Oh my god, I didn't I, even think of the heat part inside of yeah, you. It's like a switch that turns in like late in the second trimester. All of a sudden I was just hot all the time. And I was like, why am I hot all the time? And it was because her uh her nervous system got and her metabolism caught up to being able to generate heat. Oh my god. It's so weird. Oh my I like god. sleep covered in ice packs. It's insane. Or is it worse to be pregnant in the winter? I can't put socks on. That's so interesting. Because I've always wanted to do, I think I've always wanted to be more pregnant fall and winter because anytime I feel hot, I think something's wrong with me. Like, I'm like, am I about to faint? Am I like dying? What's going on? So I was like, I let's, yeah. let's get that away as like, try yeah. to cut that I out. Fall is probably a good time because you could still maybe wear slip on shoes mm-hmm. without having to do socks. You could do like loafers and stuff. Yeah. Shit. The socks, man. Did not think about that. Oh my God. Like. I can. Here's the thing. I can put this is and this is the thing that's hard to explain. Like I can I complain all the time that I can't bend over. And my husband's like, but you do. And I'm like, right, I know I can three times. I can bend over three times in a day. And that's so everything it. I'm drop, I'm like, is this the top three? <laughs> is this earring like top three bend over material? I don't think it is. Like <laughs> how has he dealt with the pregnancy? Has he been a good partner in this all of Oh my god. He's been so good that it is sometimes exhausting. Um, (laughs) Like he's, and it's because like, this is another thing that I've just discovered. I, I was like, is this, is this me? Because I, I run angry. That is a, I think a lot of people um, default to anxiety or anger. Like that's, that's sort of a, a binary that I see. Like when you can't control things, are you mad or are you stressed? Mm-hmm. I get mad. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, maybe it's me, but I just was feeling this like, like very intense rage and it wasn't at anything or at anyone. And I just was like, this is very weird. But then I found out it's a thing. It's totally a thing. There's like, uh, and people talk about um, postpartum depression, postpartum rage is also a thing. And it's like this just generalized like rage that you feel and it's part hormonal and just part at the fact that we fail pregnant people and we fail new parents so hard. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's this like combination of things. And also, yeah, like injustices just feel so crazy to me. While, while I'm building a person, I'm like, how dare the world be unfair? I am building a person. But that's like a very hard thing to be sympathetic with, with somebody who is raging. That's like very hard. And uh, my husband has worked just so hard to like and done so much good work, like with his therapist and with me to be like, what, what is the right way to support you in these moments? And I'm just like, I don't know if I could do that. Like if he was just like raging at me, I'd be like, fuck you, get out of here. <laughs> Not that I've been like screaming at him or like yelling at him or something, but just like, it's a hard thing to be around. And I'm, I'm just, he's done so much amazing work and, and with me. And, and I have like also done a lot of work on like, okay, how can I like channel this in good productive ways and how can I deal with it? And like, but it's just very humbling to be like, oh, I couldn't do that. <laughs> that thing that you were doing. I couldn't do that. Could not. hundred uh, yeah. percent could not. Yeah. If you raged, if you were just like angry all the time, I would be like, fuck you, get out. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. <laughs> to be fair, he can't bring luck, you know, he can't do what I'm doing. So <laughs> yeah, you, you, know. you can play that card because it's true. It's not wrong, you know? But also, like, I don't know, we fail, like, when I think about, like, parental leave and stuff, we fail men so much, too. And we absolutely should focus on the mother and and mother, because I think we fail them more. Mm -hmm. But it's, like, one huge injustice doesn't undo the fact that men are, like, 
being damaged by the patriarchy and by the systems. The systems that fail parents fail fathers as well so hard. Like so many of my friends were not able to really be there for their kids when they were born. And that's crazy. Yeah. That's gotta that's gotta mess you up. Like Oh yeah. You can't bond as much. Yeah. Yeah. Aaron is a teacher. So I was like, oh, so what we'll do is I think I get like at my company, I get like either 12 or 16 weeks. I was like, all right, so I would do the first 12 to 16. And, you know, in like a perfect world, we try to time it around like your school break. Then you take over. And he was like, no, like I want to be there. I want to be for the, like as much as I can the whole time. And I was like, okay, then then we're going to have to hire help sooner. Like we can't stretch out if you want to be there, but it's like exactly like what you're saying. Like that is very unfair for me to be like, no, no, no. I want you to wait until you get your like one-on-one time. Cause yeah, I don't want to not, I mean, at least at this point in my life, I still want to go back to a job. Uh, right. So I want that option. And so that seemed like the most like cost effective way to do it. But yeah, what like then you lose that time. Then that's yeah. absolutely an injustice and totally unfair. Especially for dads that want to be there. Also, like, yeah, you want to be there together. You want to be there as a unit. Like, that's, Mm -hmm. we say it takes a village. And then we create systems where being divided like that makes more sense. And I think that's so harmful to everyone involved. Oh, yeah. My last year nannying, I was a live-in nanny uh, Monday through Thursday in Connecticut. Um, wow. it was just the kids and the kids were grown, like mostly grown. Like one was in high school and one was at, in middle school at this point. And then the dad was working and the mom, m- mom was an actress. So she was like filming. So she was just like, wasn't mm-hmm. there. Like I was there to fill in as like a house manager and like, you know, shuffle them yeah. around. And I'd known them for a very long time. I'd been with them when they were younger too, but it was, I think about five months in the dead of winter in Connecticut where I was completely alone until the kids oh came God. home. And so then they were the only like social interaction I had were these two kids who'd wanted nothing to do with me because they were now teenagers and had their lives. Yeah. And I was like, yes, please go live your life. And yeah. then the dad would come home and I'd see him for like 30 minutes. And that was it. And I have never oh. been more depressed or isolated in my life. And I remember the mom being like, this is what being like a stay at home mom is like. Like you've yeah. got nothing going on and it is infuriating and exhausting and in a way almost like demoralizing because you feel like this is all you have. This is all you are at this point. And if we do that to newborn, to new mothers who are already going through postpartum, possibly Mm -hmm. depression, anxiety, rage, like whatever type it is. Like I have like legit OCD. I already told Aaron, I was like, I want to be in therapy at least once or twice a week those first couple of months because I'm so afraid of that, you know, overpowering my thoughts while I'm alone with this baby. Yeah. And it's just like us two at that point, maybe that's crazy. Like how, how did we get away from it takes a village? Like how, how did that happen? It does need multiple people. And also, like, when you think about, um, you know, kids being sort of the main social, like, presence for their parents, that puts so much on them at a young age, right? Like, what are we putting on our kids where we're like, and it's impossible, right? Like, any human being is going to have needs, like, when, like... And so it's, I think it's, it's very, it would be so difficult. I I, like, I'm so conscious about not like projecting too many needs on my kids um, because I think that's something that I experienced because I think it's a natural impulse, right? Like Mm -hmm. to need, right? Like 
if they're the only people you're seeing ever, you're going to need things from them. And that dynamic, I think, prevents us from actually just providing support to kids and being like, you're fine. Go live your life, dude. You know, like, yeah, absolutely. Childhood is supposed to, that's what childhood is supposed to look like. It's so, I can't. My dad was in the military, so he had to be stationed a lot, a lot of times like away from us. And I think that happened with my mom and me and my brother. It was just like the three of us. And for a very, very long time, me and my mom were very, very, very close. Um, We're not as much anymore. And unfortunately, that is because of politics. It is because of Mm. like Fox News and like 2016 and Trump. And that's really sad. But I was talking to my therapist about it once. And she was like, but was that healthy to begin with? And it's like exactly Mm. what you're saying. Because I remember being like, I always wanted that like Gilmore Girls relationship. And you watch that show and I've watched it thousands of times. It is not a healthy relationship in any way, shape or form. Oh my God. I rewatched it pregnant. I was like, huh. (laughs) Oh no. Lorelai depends on Rory so much in in like a such unhealthy way. Does not allow her to live her life in so many different ways. And like has tantrums. Like, because like also, you know, this character was young when she had her too. Like there's a lot Mm -hmm. of different like layers to it, but it's like, that's not healthy. That yeah. like you're again, just to go back to what you're saying, like it's not fair to those kids at all. Yeah. They just want yeah. like they just want to be a kid. They didn't they were not asked to be here. They did not they were not asked to be born. We made yeah. these decisions. We have to be as responsible with our time yeah. and our energy and emotional maturity with them as possible as much as possible. Yeah. It's been so interesting. Like being pregnant, it's, I always say it's like, it's the most special and the least special thing you can do because it is, I mean, this is also the first time I'm doing it. So this is huge. This is a, a, you know, one in three, like one in three life event, right? You're born, you give birth, you die. Not that you have to give birth. That's very German. You're born, you work, you you die. And then you die. (laughs) And then what else is there? Like that is, (laughs) so have a beer. (laughs) but like it's so on the one hand i'm like this is huge this is a huge life event um it's not a necessary one like you don't have to give birth but you know if you do it it's up there and then on the other hand it's literally the least like it's like amoebas do it it's literally the least (laughs) special thing like every person that was born was born so that's what this is do you ever get mad when you see like a giraffe get born and they're walking in 45 minutes and you're like fuck you Yes. No. And friggin' uh, Michelle Wolf just posted a clip about that. And uh, like a bunch of people sent it to me. And at first I was like, oh, yeah. And then by like the fifth time, I was like, yeah, fuck those fucking giraffes. <laughs> like, <laughs> and also, we're just we're so undercooked when we're born. Like the thing like our heads. I didn't I didn't realize that our heads aren't formed until we're one. Yeah, because they got to be able to get through the birth canal if you're going to do like a, a vaginal birth. It's, yeah. 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 That's bananas. My um, Aaron's niece had to wear a helmet for a good couple of months because it was like not shaped right. So they could, so the helmet could shape the head. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. I didn't have to wear a helmet, <laughs> but I do have a really big bump on the back. I have a weird, no, sorry, not a bump, a flat spot on the back of my head. Yeah. I was born by a C-section. Um, wow. And there's, it's just like the more you learn, the more you're like, we're undercooked. We come out too soon. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's because of our big old brains like i get it i get why we evolved that way i just don't man i want to yeah even a cat they have like six of them and then you know they are pretty immobile but like they're pretty chill you know yeah seems, they're just kind of there yeah they seem yeah. chill they get it they get the they yeah. get the job yeah no um, ours yeah our babies take so much time so no. much i will say if there's anyone who's pregnant and listening if you are anxious about childbirth 
what has helped me immensely. You don't have to do hypnobirthing. Like what is that? I took a, so hypnobirthing is like it's a method of childbirth. Um, I, I I like it. I'm glad I took the class. I don't necessarily think it's the best. There's like a lot. There's like you you take a childbirth class. There's like a lot of different methods. Um, I recommend taking something just to like prepare yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, I I chose hypnobirthing. I liked it a lot. I just people are very preachy about it, and I always I like no matter what it is, I find that annoying. Like people are like hypnobirthing is like the way to go. Like if you're not doing it, you're gonna have you're gonna traumatize your child, and it's like oh shut up, no you're not. Yeah, like, no. People have been giving birth all over the world in a million bajillion different ways. Like, are you saying that they are, uh, every child is worse for that? Like, <sighs> fuck off. It's like, people get very weird about breastfeeding. They're like, if you don't breastfeed, that's basically child abuse. And it's like, I fucking wasn't breastfed. I wasn't breastfed. That's fine. I thought I like, yeah. they'd be like, you're going to not be as smart. And it's like, I was like in the top two percentile of my high school. I think it's fine. You're going to be yeah. fine. I, I was too, but my high school is like a hundred people. So that doesn't really mean anything. <laughs> Still means it something. just was like me and Chris, you know what I mean? Like that was, which was cool, but like, I don't, it's, I, it's not as big a brag, but like people are very intense about hypnobirthing and people get kind of weird and like, not culty, but like, you know, where you're just like, it's just simmer. Okay. It's a freaking. but I will say, watch the videos of the birth because you think that it's going to be people like under hypnosis and all creepy. And it's just people like having a nice chill time. Like they're like cats. <laughs> they look like cats giving birth. Like they just look very chill. There's a lot of like smiling and like, and it does also, sometimes it's really painful, but you can just kind of see like, it just helped me so much to watch a bunch of videos of real births that aren't like what you see on TV. Cause what you see on TV is so not accurate. And even like, a lot of like hospital birth videos like there's something that's gone wrong or everything's being very monitored and so just like seeing it away from all that even if you have birth, give birth in a hospital even if you have a c-section even if you do something different um just seeing it be like kind of a chill thing that happens was so helpful for me because i was so stressed about it and i was so anxious about it um yeah I, I had yeah and i just had like i was like oh my god your butt explodes and then you're there's blood everywhere and it's i just was like it's gonna be the most gory disgusting thing ever and it's like not it's like fine i always love when people are like yeah you're gonna poop and it's like i don't give a shit about the poop okay i, I just, did for a long time but i don't anymore <laughs> i yeah. just don't want to be in pain i want yeah. that nice long big ass needle in my back i don't want to feel shit i have always my ever since i was like quite young i have scoliosis um, and, uh, doctors have said when they examined my spine, they've been like, oh, you're, you'll have a really hard time with an epidural. Um, my whole life, like that has just been like this weird background noise. Uh-huh. So when I was like thinking about giving birth, um, again, my doctor was like, yeah, an epidural might not be an option for you. And I was like, <sighs> that's part of why I found hypnobirthing is because I was like, I don't, I need, I need something like, I'm not, what am I going to not have? And so, yeah, it's just the way that my spine is curved. I guess they were like, it, it, like you might, it might be fine, but you might get one and it might not work. God, that sucks. Um, so yeah. Cause I, I also have like hip and back issues and stuff. So, um, so that was part of why I, I did hypnobirthing, which, um, yeah, which I, I, again, I really liked it. People are, are weird and intense about it. Whatever works for you. There's a million methods. Yeah. I mean, I hadn't even heard of this before. That's like yeah. really cool to know. Yeah. There's hypnobirthing. There's, um, I mean, Lamaze, that's what Lamaze is. It's just like a method of sort of getting through 
like childbirth. Um, but people are so intense about a natural birth and it's like all births are natural. Yeah. Uh. Yeah, it's fine. Like if the baby comes out. The only unnatural birth is one where, you know, what it goes into space. I can't even <laughs> what it, what what's on that like all births are natural. Did you ever get an IUD? I never did. No. So Insertion's really bad. Insertion hurts a yeah. lot. But I had, um, I actually went to a doctor that was like had had done stuff with. I think Buzz Off Lucille is that was that oh, them? Oh, cool! Yeah, they used to yeah, do yeah, yeah. like um, sketch sketches for yeah, because yeah. we because when she was like inserting it, she was like, "What do you do?" And I was like, "I'm a comedian," and she like knew like of yeah. like like Liz and all of this stuff. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Buzz off Lucille was a, a great sketch group. Yeah. I cannot remember her name. Um, but mm. so we insert, it's awful. She's like, she's like apologizing the whole time. She's like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And yeah. then afterwards she's like, okay, she's like, you need to get home and you need to lie down because the rest of the day you're going to have mild contractions because your uterus is not used to something being inside of it right now. Yeah. My knees have dislocated on me multiple times. Terrible, terrible pain. These yeah. mild contractions took me out. I had never been in so much pain in my yeah. life. Nothing yeah. helped. It was, and I just remember being like, this is, this is mild. Like, this is mild. Like, yeah. what is a full contraction like? Like, it was just like, you, you felt like someone was like gutting you from the inside out. Like, it was awful yeah i have um i have fibroids and they are mm -hmm. um attached the reason like that can impact getting pregnant but for me they don't because they're what's called peduncular which is top 10 words <laughs> what a great, a great word one. really great um which it just means they're attached to the outside they're like little ears that sort of <laughs> flop attached to the outside but they're very big and so uh my doctor was like just so you know they're gonna like at some point probably the baby is going to get big enough. They're going to get twist and it's going to die. And when that happens, it's going to cut off blood flow. And when that happens, it's it'll be hurt. really painful and it'll feel like contractions. And I was like, yep. And then when it happened, yeah, it, it was, it's, uh, it, it's kind of indescribable, but I will say the, the breathing techniques from hypnobirthing did really help. But I think uh, painkillers would have helped more. Right? Yeah, just like, like a great, great painkiller. I've also yeah. heard of like people being put under with ketamine for for births now for like C sections, and I was like, uh, huh, I don't think I want to go on a K hole. Yeah. Who has a great story? Nagin. Um, I can't remember her last name. Oh, Farsad? Nagin Farsad? Yeah, Farsad? I think I was at yeah. a show where she was talking about she had like a C section and she went under. They put her under a K hole. And then they, she talked the whole time and they, like, she came out yeah. and was like, yeah, you, the doctor was like, yeah, you really, uh, you really hate, uh, British people or something like that. Like it was like, and yeah. then they didn't give her enough ketamine. So she like woke up in, in pain and he was like, oh no, I didn't do a good job and gave her more like ketamine. And I was like, okay, it's not my story. I feel like I'm fucking up her story. Yeah. But I just remember being there being like, holy shit. I mean, I do think it's good that they do something other than what they normally do. Cause I know my mom had a C-section and it makes you so sick. She was like so sick after I was born. Like it makes you super nauseous, like whatever the anesthesia is. And, um, 
yeah so i think it's good i guess that they're doing something else i don't know <laughs> yeah you also can do like whippets while you're in labor in a hospital <laughs> but so this is what fucking up is because i was gonna i'm gonna do a home birth and i but i was thinking about doing it in a hospital oh how cool i've heard great things at home birth yeah i'm really excited um i have a, a big old hippie midwife she's amazing um it's gonna be great i have a pool you know <laughs> I love um, it. I don't have a pool. I don't have a pool. I have like a birthing pool. Oh my God. Can you please do it on your deck so you end up on what is New York? I really want to, but we're not allowed out there right now. And I'm sad. Oh, damn. Because they're doing construction on the building and they like have it all blocked off. Oh, so, man. but if they don't by the time I give birth, I absolutely will. I would love to be on what is New York. I'll be like, <laughs> what up? <laughs> um, but like, yeah, I don't know. You like, so when I was like sort of talking to the woman about my doctor about like what pain medication options there are, she was like, yeah, you can do um, nitrous oxide, you can do ketamine, you can do an epidural. Um, but then she was talking about the costs and she was like, yeah, it's like a thousand dollars every time you want the nitrous oxide. And I was like, I do not want to be thinking about money when I am right. Like, I don't want to be like, I am, am I, am I a thousand dollars in pain right now? I don't know how to quantify that. I don't like that. Yeah. We got to get this pool out in front of a fish concert because those <laughs> do not cost, right? those balloons do not cost a thousand dollars a pop. You know? I know. Um, and I was like, can my husband just like get a tank, like, and bring it? Like, yeah. I'm sure I have some friends that have one, you know, like, like legit. Like I definitely yeah. know someone that could get you just like a huge thing of what. Yeah. <laughs> Like, let me know. I can text her. And she I think yeah. she'd be honored too as well to get those for a pregnancy and birth. But in the hospital, it's a thousand. I was like, that's crazy. That's like um, because like, I don't know. At first she was like, Yeah, if you need pain medication, whatever you need, these are all your options. And then she left and a different nurse came in and was like, This is how much it costs. This is how. and I was like, Fuck. Oh I wish you had led with that because I was feeling really good and now I'm feeling very confused. Yeah, it's a, Ooh, yeah, it's the fun. good news, bad news of that. It should have been bad news than good news, like yeah. the cost, but you can do it. You can do it, but it is a thousand dollars every time. I just, I was just like so, like imagine getting the bill and like, like being ashamed of all the times you were in pain. Like, oh, that shit. Sucks. yeah, oh, uh, that's a good point. Yeah. <sighs> It's fine. This combo has been way more fun than I thought it was going to be. I really <laughs> thought it was just going to be like us crying. Um, and I was like, yeah, maybe I need that. Maybe I need that. But this is yeah. like a really great episode um, about being pregnant and pregnancy. And I mm. love that. Because it's not like. Um, thank you. Yeah, it's like what you said. Like yeah. it's it's for if you want to do it, then absolutely. This is absolutely. You should, absolutely should be able to. But people yeah. should not have to if they don't want to. No, no one. That is. I, can, I I do see how being pregnant can make you feel like, oh my God, this is so beautiful and sacred. And, you know, how could anybody want to like not have this? And then also at the end of the day, I'm like, oh my God, I'm so miserable. And so like in the morning I wake up and I'm like, this is great. And then at night I'm like, fuck this. Oh, I'm so tired. Like I don't, yeah, I can't roll over. <laughs> like I have to pee again. You know, no one should have to do it that doesn't want to. Yeah, I sleep on my stomach. I'm so nervous about that. I love sleeping on my stomach. It's, you'll, You'll be surprised. The sleeping thing is is easier. I, I also, I used to sleep on my stomach. You just sort of slowly roll over. Also, like, you can sleep on pillows. Oh, it's, that's true. Also, you're tired in a way. You're mono-tired, so. So you can just, like, you're just out. Yeah. Okay. And then I say that. Your third trimester, also, you don't so much sleep as you wait to have to pee. And you sort of rest. <laughs> it's like, it sucks, but it's fine. You know, like, 
I don't know. I've been very surprised at the things. Like I used to be super afraid of throwing up. I had like a thing about it. Yeah, me too. I hate it. I can only do it if I'm drunk. Oh, see, I couldn't even do it when I was drunk. And there were like nights where I maybe like, I really like was so sick the next day and had like a two day hangover. And if I just thrown up, I would have been fine, but I like, couldn't do it. Cause I was too in my head about it. Oh no. I know. No. And like, it's like, if I'm sick, it's like such a thing and I will like not do it and like keep myself from doing it. And it used to be like a real problem. No longer. I just threw up on the street and kept walking and was like, <laughs> fine. I was shocked. That would have, if you told me even a year ago, that that was going to be me, I would, I straight up wouldn't believe you. I'd be like, no, I had to, I would have had to like, I would have freaked. I like the, the levels of, of issue I would have with, no, it was fine. You just are like, I don't know. It's, it's like, things are just, you you just cannot predict what's going to throw you and what's going to suck and what's going to be fine. Yeah. It's so weird. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to lie. You're making me feel a lot better. I'm very, I mean, I'm not even trying until next year, like next summer, but it was just like, oh, just expect a really shitty time. And you're just very like, it, it is, but it isn't like, it's great. Yeah. Like it's, it's, it's great. And it sucks. And yeah. that's awesome. And like, that just kind of uh, feels like life. Like, yeah, that's yeah. so much. It's just life just sort of like shifts. And, uh, but it's, it's really, I've been very, I've been very surprised. I say this. I'll probably like, if you talk to me after the baby's born, I'll probably be like, (gasps) (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah, I think it's just in the, in the category of things that you just can't control and can't predict. And so I've just sort of had to, you just kind of have to surrender. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like sometimes I do better there too, where it's like, oh, there's truly no way to control this when it's something where you're like, well, I could probably figure out how to do part of it. It's like, actually, no, there's no way. You can yeah. control this. You have to just like shut up and like go with it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and like, yeah, you get used to like, it also eases you in, you know, like, yeah, you're nauseous for a while and then you're throwing up for a while and then, you, and then you're not and then you're fine. And then, uh, you know, yeah, it's just, it's a ride. <laughs> well, this has <laughs> been an amazing conversation. I'm so glad. I'm yeah. so glad to have you back. I'm so glad yeah. to hear all about your pregnancy. I can't wait until... The baby is born. I are you going to post pictures on Insta? Or are you are you like no pictures on Insta? I don't know. I haven't decided. I'll probably block out the face, but I'm or I'll probably post a picture like of of like the of you know her like right after. But then probably I'm not going to post a lot of pictures. I don't know. I don't know is the answer. The further I get into that it's sentence, it's hard. I don't know. It's hard. Some people yeah. are like all all the babies all the time. Like look at um yeah. uh, Busy Phillips. Like we know so mm-hmm. much about her family. And then like I definitely have a lot of friends that are like absolutely not. Like just yeah, put an emoji on the face. Yeah, I kind of want to Ashley Graham and Michelle Buteau it where I like share the experience, but not so much the kids themselves. Yeah, no, I totally get that. I totally respect yeah. that. Yeah, but for what it's worth, I think you'd be a super cool mom. Oh, thank you. But also, yeah, you are killing it with or without. So you know. Thank you. I think you're gonna be a great mom. Thank and you. And you're killing. You're fucking killing it left and right. Thank you. Yeah. Well, I'm nervous. I'm really trying to not stress about taking time off, but that's gonna be probably the hardest part for sure, especially yeah. with like how our society teaches us about productivity and what it means mm-hmm. to our our personal self. Yeah. But you know but what? It, you got yeah. through this. You got through throwing up. Like I hundred percent believe street. you can yeah. get through this. Yeah, and and also, yeah, again, it's just something I can't control. So I want to try and let it go. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you so much. Oh my god, thank you for having me. Honestly, it was it was fun, and I had yeah, it was good to 
yeah you know good to talk with someone who gets it absolutely yeah. well you have a great weekend and we'll Thank talk you, soon you too. i'll talk to you soon bye Thank y'all for listening. Um, Thank you for tuning in, being here, being present for whatever you need right now. It was weird. I was very much looking forward to this day in general. And then that happening, Roe v. Wade, you know, and also a special hope you're doing okay to people that have family members that are very okay with what's happening. Um, and this is exactly what they wanted. That's a very special little fun situation um, that I also myself find myself in. So therapy is amazing. Shout out to my therapist, Eve. Call her Dr. Eve. And I'm like, is that okay? <laughs> She's like, yeah, it's fine. Um, just want to make sure I'm being polite and professional. <laughs> yeah. I've got nothing, y'all. My tank is empty. I do apologize. But I really hope you like this episode. Remember, if you have the funds, give to abortion funds. Give to organizations for traveling to get an abortion. To Yellowhammer Fund. To anyone that is not Nancy fucking Pelosi, you piece of shit. Please remember to follow Sarah on all the socials at Sarah, S-A-R-A-H-B, Hartshorn, H-A-R-T-S-H-O-R-N-E. She's got a great TikTok. She's got a great Instagram. Um, And just, again, a great fucking person in general. And I will see y'all next week. Bye.